Boys and girls, children of all ages, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Past Bedtime Talks. We finally come back with another episode. I'm happy that to be back. Sorry for a long uh, break. Uh, we, I had some uh, personal business that I had to attend to. Uh, I'm joining today with one and only Jeremy B. Stephen. Hey. How are you doing today, buddy? Good, good. How are you? Good, yeah. Looking forward to talking about this uh, this first episode. Perfect. Yeah. We, uh, the, today, in this episode, we will be reviewing the first episode of Philip's Apocalypse. We, I thought that we would it would be a great idea to inter- kind of give it some uh, pointers, some reviews about the first episode, so that the other episodes that are coming, you know, so that people will be ready that what's going to be happening with this storyline and just hype everything up because mm-hmm. Phillips is coming back and it's coming back soon. Yeah. We're aiming for the end of the summer uh, to have all of the first season out. Uh, we're working very hard on it. Um, it's, it's obviously taking a long time because it's heavily produced and uh, there's a lot of work that goes into making even one episode, but it's been, uh, it's been fully written for quite a while. Uh but it just needs to be uh, edited and the music needs to be finalized and all this all this kind of stuff. Let's start with the episode. Uh, before we talk about it, um, we will be uh, talking about uh, a lot of concepts uh, that uh, you have thought about it when you were writing the script for Philip's Apocalypse. Uh, the symbolism about uh, concept of Philip's, the journey itself, and many other things. And hopefully, if you have uh, enough time, we will come and uh, read some comments of uh, uh, some fans about the episode and the future of it. So let's start playing the episode. We will uh, pause and explain some parts if we have any, uh, if you have some points to give. Uh, whenever you're ready, Jeremy. Okay. All right. That part, I really got the first time I listened to the podcast, the episode. Mm-hmm. I got really in, like the vibe of fantasy mm-hmm. vibe from it, from the start of the music. Then suddenly we hear the 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 riding horse and mm-hmm. then the swords and everything. This is the tagline for past bedtime to, uh, past bedtime studios, right? Yeah, exactly. And um, we knew we kind of wanted to have some kind of. Um, audio monogram to to kind of say you know this is our production blah 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 like you know if you're doing a tv show you'd have a visual one right um so i had made a little something and then and then i remember me and ben talking about it and ben was like you know what if the tag in itself was like a story and and i was like okay yeah i kind of see what you mean so i just like i gathered a whole bunch of sound effects and i kind of made this horse riding scene yeah together and made it all kind of blow up into this little climax into past bedtime studio and uh he was he was very pleased with it because the tag in itself is like intriguing you know you're you're like oh what's going on here that's true yeah yeah it is it is it is kind of a when when we talk about 
bedtime stories or stories in general we always talk about we, we will think about some stories that it's hard to believe so fantasy mm-hmm. I did I think the fantasy genre and um, usually any kind of uh, supplementary um, story that can make person make any person to not think about something real mm-hmm. is usually the concept and it's actually really really uh, catchy and intriguing I agree with you mm-hmm I'm a drifter, a lonely ghost walking the roads of an empty world. My path, uncertain. My destination, clear. My old world is gone, fallen to the fires that raged after the first heat burst. As the world burns around me, I find solace in my own icy dreams. Dreams of a life long past. Family. Friends. Long gone. Everything in my world has the mark of fire. Stained black from a sky full of flames. Fire. The Great Renewer. It brings with it new life after it destroys the old. I knew that my old life would never return. But how could I just ignore that part of me that wished it would? If this renewal ever comes, things will be very different than they once were. At the time, my only goal was to make it back home. To try to find some small piece of me that might remain there. Just one small piece that I could use to make things better. To make things the way they were. Now things are rarely, if ever, so simple. But I was homeward bound. And nothing would stand in my way. Now that concept of fire mm-hmm. it's a symbol is is a symbolic especially for the for for Philip explain to us why fire and why did it come up with the idea of fire because a lot of uh, a lot of uh, his uh, like Philip's uh, what's the word for it um, he talks about a lot of burning and mm-hmm. uh, it comes from a lot of uh, like a bad history i think mm-hmm. it's a bad background it's a it's a dark it comes from a darker background in a way mm-hmm. for a for a person who's listening at the moment and people would think that why fire mm-hmm. well i think um i think primarily um the concept of a of a burned apocalyptic world was very much um mike's idea uh, from the get-go uh but when he uh, when he asked me to write this episode, and I should actually say that this this first episode was written in maybe 2011, wow, like a long time ago, and uh, and so when he first got me to write it, I remember um, 
I was in university at the time and, uh, and we were just chatting on Skype and he's like, let's watch a movie. There's this movie called the road and I really want to watch it. And, uh, so we both, you know, downloaded it and started at the same time and watched it together over Skype. And there was this, um, there's this moment in the movie when the father and the son are talking and, and the father says to his son, something along the lines of you have to keep the fire um alive inside you and that's what kind of spawned this idea throughout the episode and it um it very much starts with fire as a as an almost kind of demonic element or a, an antagonist so the fire is really the enemy or you know the environment really and throughout the episode you kind of realize that oh this this monologue about fire in the beginning uh it kind of flips it on its head at the end and it's and it's more about philip finding his own internal fire that you know makes him want to keep pursuing his goals and getting back home uh rather than you know kind of giving up and uh and just letting himself die you know for the first time i heard this monologue uh the music helped a lot for me mm. the music cleared my uh, my 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 thoughts about the fire mm-hmm. like the first time i heard it, i was like yeah that makes sense he's the music is kind of a great um push for giving the idea that the fire might also be the will of uh or the courage of a person to pursue their goals or pursue their uh life mm-hmm. when when they are when they are down fire can bu- you can build up the fire to get up and you know uh clear the dust and just move on mm-hmm. and like f- go ahead to to the destination that you had to go so i think the music helps a lot mm-hmm. uh the music in my opinion at the beginning i was like oh it's a zen music mm. like you guys like put a sample zen music I'm like no that's not that shouldn't be right uh, how did the music you guys thought about it why kind of a relaxing uh, kind of inspiring uplifting um music tone for the monologue um maybe i'm going with a really like you know uh, complex <laughs> ideas but like that's what i like that's that that is like, that's exactly my i like the questions i had when mm-hmm. when i was listening to it right well i mean the music i i feel um at least you know just from the experience of doing it uh for the past uh while is really just it's almost like improv a lot of the time um you know m- there's a very certain way uh mike says stuff and i always kind of my first thought is how can i how can i enhance this rather than um uh detracting from it because i mean you know when you have this kind of complicated uh monologue uh you can't have music that's that's too overwhelming or or so complicated that it gets in the way of the words because you want to focus on what he's saying and really just kind of color it with a mood and i think a lot of the music in philip's apocalypse is very um it's just kind of it's a mood enhancer that's true the music itself i i think is you know i personally am proud of the work i've done and it's it's been a very organic process just kind of improvising over mike's lines and coming up with small ideas you know it's really just i'll try a bunch of stuff you know he'll i'll I'll feel there's a certain part in an episode where like okay this needs music you know it's it's a bit too quiet we need something 
here to kind of break up the pace a little bit. Exactly. I think that the music is kind of a complementary yeah. when it comes to the, the the dialogues and Philip's situations and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it's I, I, I would say it's also a really organic process because... Uh, because we're also writing it. That's true. You know, as as me and Ben are working on the story, and I'm sitting down and writing the script, I'm I'm already thinking then like, okay, this part will need music. This part will need music. I'm not really coming up with um, the exact music at the time of writing. I see. Uh, that's more after the recording has been done, and it's been you know uh, put together in the right order. Then I do the music. Because then I can control the pacing better, and I can, you know, split up dialogue if there needs to be more of a pause here, uh, or you know, a little bit more catering to the mood. I can kind of, I can pace it myself, and kind of create the the feel that I'm going after. So I really just, you know, I sit down at the keyboard and I, I play a bunch of little ideas over top, and the one that strikes me as the right mood is the one I usually go for. That is a great way to it, because you, you I. As personally me, I got really um, close to it. Mm-hmm. I got really like, yeah, that that makes sense because your mood always express itself without any filter. Mm-hmm. You can always find out if you feel if the right. Usually, when it comes to stories, like the writer um, has has the, the the idea of yeah, this is my feeling in that situation, and mm-hmm. I think audio drama audio drama. Uh, format helps a lot with the way of storytelling at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never want the music to get in the way. It always should just enhance or or um, create a mood that you're going after. It should. I feel like it should never get in the way. And that's, you know, I think it's the same philosophy with movies. That's uh, true. You never want the music to overwhelm something uh, too much. It always kind of has to be underscoring a little bit. Yeah. Past Bedtime Studio presents Philip's Apocalypse Based on original material by Michael Johnston Written by J.B. Stephen with Ben Ajang. Philip voiced by Michael Johnston. Music by J.B. Stephen. Produced by Ben Ajang. Episode 1. announcer mm-hmm. he is i like it i like his voice who mm-hmm. is this person so i heard his voice for the first time a long time ago um i play uh i play in an orchestra i play the violin and um we were playing uh, an opera concert and they have voiceover after the intermission uh just kind of like you know talking about uh talking about the opera company and the uh, events the are coming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, they have one that they reuse a lot, and it's from this guy, Philip Enns, our announcer. Shout out to Philips, Mr. Phillips. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, 
he's from here. He's from Manitoba. Uh, he's been living in Germany for quite a number of years. He's a bass uh, baritone and he's got the most incredible voice. And I, I remember hearing his voice over the, uh, over the, the speaker system in the concert hall. And I was like, wow, that's a great voice. And, uh, you know, this was quite a while ago. So when we actually started working on the podcast, uh, I was like, man, it would be awesome if this guy could do like our credit right. announcing yeah. through the intro. Cause I knew, you know, I knew I wanted to do a very specific format where we, where it was like a TV show where we had intro music with credits, but you know, because we're just audio, we have to announce them. I was like, we need someone with a great voice. So I ended up sending, um, uh, Philip, uh, a message on Facebook mm -hmm. and he eventually got back to me and I, I said, you know, we're doing this really cool project and I would love it if you could um, do some credit announcing for us because I heard your voice a long time ago and I really think you're perfect for this. And uh, so I sent him the audio of the first episode, you know, minus announcer. And, and he he really liked it. Is he in Germany at the moment? He is. Oh, okay. Yeah, I believe he lives in uh, Frankfurt. Oh, okay. And um, so he got a studio there. He has a friend who works in a studio and he recorded the lines and sent them to me and amazing yeah so that's how we got him nice yeah, yeah it, it it is really um it kind of wakes you up in a way for me when i heard his voice i was like oh so it's like a it's like a star wars introduction when the credit at the beginning the story had to go like rolls up mm. that's epic his voice has an, kind of an epicness mm -hmm. uh, that introduces yeah uh talk talk to me about the the music in that in this part the intro music yeah intro music yeah so that's something i actually wrote when i wrote this first script in I don't know, 2011 whatever year it was I'm pretty sure that was it when i did it but um yeah i i composed this music um with the idea that mike might use it you know but uh eventually nothing else got produced and um I kind of it, I, it was just sitting in my project files. I think I used GarageBand and, <laughs> and I made it in there. And uh, and the script was also sitting unused. So when we eventually decided to do a, a podcast, then then I was like, oh, I already have this great material sitting around. And perfect. I already I've already you know I formulated these ideas of how I want to use it. So uh, yeah, it was kind of a natural choice. And Amazing. I feel like it's a good uh, you know it's. It's it's music that's not totally indicative of an apocalyptic world, but mm -hmm. at the same time, it you know, it has these kind of both uplifting and depressing moods about it. It kind of yeah. treads both worlds. Um, I feel like it, it's kind of a, a bit of a two-way mirror where yeah. you kind of see into the past, but also looking forward into the future, uh, you know, whether how bleak or how bright it might be when i heard that uh i thought about of yin yang mm. the concept of yin yang the goodness and the uh, badness mm -hmm. the dark and the the light it it it's it is i agree with you like i got the the feeling that it has the the meaning of life and the meaning of death understanding the death and knowing how to live how to live the life well mm -hmm. and i think that 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 has this uh, the music has that kind of message in in my opinion uh it is beautiful let's continue okay
coming up. Your front shelter. I'd been walking along the gravel road for days, seeing a few houses here and there, but it was mostly farm country. It was almost six months since the first heat burst hit, and I'd been walking almost as long. Dirt into pavement, pavement into gravel, gravel back to dirt. The cycle would repeat itself every few days. I was ensnared in its seemingly endless repetition, like a mouse lost in a maze. Sometimes I wondered if I was even making any progress at all. All right, so this, uh, the walking, the sound, and the music. Let's mm. talk about these two things. Um, the walking. Uh, I, I I believe that uh, it was not recorded on a foley. Well, how how did you how do you guys record that the the walking on the sand? Yeah. That uh, you know I think. I'm trying to remember if this is actually true or not. I'm pretty sure it is. Or oh, were uh, you guys literally walking the street? Like, no, okay, no, some sand. no. So this was actually before we uh, started doing our own foley. Um, but Mike had gathered a ton of sound effects for oh. for this. Okay. And so he, uh, when we were producing this for the first time, he sent us all that stuff. Okay. So he had this good, like, you know, footsteps in gravel. And um, I was like, well, you know, the... the the sound quality is great and there's no reason to look for anything else because it kind of fits perfect with our needs yeah yeah and um yeah so this this little monologue here kind of deals with this cycle that he talks about where you know this just kind of like the path under him constantly changes but he doesn't you know he just kind of feels like it's just going over and over and it's endless and he's not seeing any progress in sight uh you can you can kind of feel his um his depression, you know, from being just so isolated and just walking every day. Um, and the music also is, um, uh, for, I don't know if anyone has noticed this, but uh, the cycle comes back at the end of the episode mm -hmm. and the music is the same. It, it's the same motive, right? Uh, the same theme, but it gets expanded and elaborated. Starts uh, with the with the with the with the music and then ends with the same music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's kind of a beginning and an end. But you know, the first time you hear it, it's very sparse. There's no, there's no chordal structure to it. It's just a melody. And then at the end, when he kind of is changed by his experiences, the music kind of changes with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this this is kind of a common thread throughout. Um, well, even as we're producing, you know, the later episodes. Uh, themes that come back and morph over time depending on how the character changes and evolves I don't know about you but when I th when I heard this uh, m m uh, dialogue I thought of I am legend the movie hmm. that was the concept like the death and you know the comes the, the idea that uh, Will Smith the character had to walk in this in a city which is empty where on a day and uh, everything is destroyed and everything is collapsed and he's looking around to you know uh, scavenge any kind of food and anything that that's mm -hmm. I think that's how I got really connected to it I was like yeah that reminds me of how uh, in an apocalypse time mm -hmm. people scavenge for goods and to survive an idea that's that, that was that an inspiration for you guys what was the movie that like have you ever inspired by any kind of movie that the idea come up with 
it's you know um i i shouldn't say it didn't inspire me because i do really like that movie and mm. i guess in a way um the character in i am legend is kind of going through his own cycle where he's you know he goes to the same place every day broadcast the same message you know trying to find other people talks to a mannequin uh, yeah exactly oh and he kind of like he kind of creates his own little world a little bit just to kind of keep himself from going completely insane and True. real it's his it's his dog that you know is the only the only companionship yeah that he has. yeah and philip doesn't even have that so he's kind of you know he he has a goal in mind yes. but but it's such a it's such a lofty and almost impossible goal um that i you know I, you can you can sort of see how it's wearing him down a little bit and he needs something to kind of get him back on track he does yeah that he try to uh, get on hold those small things that he can do to keep his insanity mm-hmm. but phillips is not insane at this at this like i don't think is a we can uh, define philip as an insane like an insane person no no He's but a, um you know we're very much social creatures and and extreme isolation for sure um has a huge negative impact on our psyche that's true um so you know even though this approximately only takes place six or seven months after you know the whole world ends um still you know when you think about it six months of fending for yourself just being on your own that's that's pretty hard and being a young boy and being yeah a kid in a world basically of chaos yeah that's yeah. true yeah let's continue this looks as good as any my first few weeks in this new world were a learning experience I quickly discovered that it was never a good idea to enter a building unless I made the time to look and listen. All it took was a run-in with a group of crazed survivalists holed up inside of a grocery store to make me learn my lesson. Let's talk about the soundscape. A lot of small sounds are in this part, as if like we are watching a movie without no, with no screen. Like as if like I'm literally walking with Phillips and I'm hearing this kind of noises around me. It's great. Please explain to me how did you guys come up and uh, how did this production came up with this idea? So, I guess I guess this kind of um, heightened hearing ability that that philip kind of displays is maybe inspired by the last of us a little bit oh yes where um you know it's one of the core game mechanics where you can you know um almost see through walls a little bit because you're just focusing your hearing um because this first episode is very much a test to see you know just what we could do we wanted to include this part um 
so that we could try and create a bit of a like a 3d soundscape um this this kind of uh effect will come back for sure later in the season uh we didn't want to use it as a crutch you know like it appearing in every episode but just you know trying to think a bit realistically like if you're if you're in a hostile world mm-hmm. and you come across a building you don't just want to go bursting in there you know you want to yeah. you want to uh, scout the area a little bit and make sure there's no crazy people hold up inside or something so that's true we wanted to kind of show without visuals what it would be like to uh hyper focus your hearing to you know listen to every little detail to see if there's anything out of the ordinary or if there's other people around or you know things like that it is kind of like a description for us for a listener yeah we, a little we describe bit. it easily we can hear it so that we can describe the area that he is um i have a question uh philip just mentioned that his experience at a supermarket uh, as a super supermarket mm-hmm. kind of ish with other uh, survivorist mm-hmm. i he said i have learned my lesson i really like to like to know how his interaction with other survivors were uh, there is a lot of hints of his uh, in at the beginning uh, interactions obviously we are talking we are hearing a philip who is already experienced some hostile environment mm-hmm. uh, but i would really like to in- see how is philip as an innocent person in a hostile area in a hostile world how his reaction would be because we can think of two different people with the same person mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah and i think you know if you're put in a situation like that where you're where you're constantly under threat every day i think you know anyone would probably put up some kind of a shell you know they're always going to be on edge they're always going to be watching their back you know it's there's getting no, paranoid yeah, yeah there's no chance to relax really because yeah. you know what if um what if a uh, crazy person just comes up behind you and you Stab know tries me. to s- yeah. steal something or you know so this i think this um the nature of this world where everything is potentially dangerous uh has made philip um i don't want to say aloof but hyper aware to the point where it's wearing him down and cautious i would say also. Yeah, yeah yeah he's yeah. O- he's overly cautious just you know because he he has a goal and he's not ready to give up but we're kind of seeing him on the edge of giving up a little bit it was the same as most other houses in this world run down, paint peeled from violent winds, dust everywhere. And picked clean of supplies. I was ever the optimist, although much less so than I used to be. You never knew what you might find inside of them, treasures or graves. Life on the road is tough. Any seasoned traveler knows that clean water is the most important thing. I've gone days without food, but one day without water is pushing the limit.
carry all this. I'll figure it out tomorrow. Basement time. Basement. Basement, basement, basement. Sleeping in basements had become normal. If I were a basement, where would I be? All right, I have two questions. Mm -hmm. One, why the joke of the basement? I think it's kind of a joke, isn't it? It's kind of like... Oh, you mean oh. like if I were a basement? Yeah. 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 That, yeah. Honestly, if I, were a basement, I... Where would I be? <laughs> yeah. I, did... I heard it was like kind of cringy, but why? <laughs> why, Philip? I didn't actually write that. Oh, okay. And Mike just kind of improved it. And I was like, okay, it's, you know, it's it's a little break from the from the bleakness. So That's true. I just left it in. Yeah. And we also uh, came with our second symbol, water. Hmm. Uh, water has another great uh, meaning and uh, its own world when it comes to uh, a a an apocalypse, a chaotic world. world uh, water usually comes into meaning of life. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it can also be a lot of... Uh, water can also kill you in a way. Mm -hmm. So how? what was your opinion when... when, when uh, what was your idea when you were writing and did the water mean anything especially in this uh, part i mean um really the function you know when you when you get down to it the function was just you know we needed him to search for something and you know water is a logical choice for this because it's so necessary when you don't have access to clean water every day uh, and you're traveling as much as he does you know you're gonna you're going to blow through water pretty quickly. And he's walking, yeah. I believe, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, him hunting for waters is, you know, it's kind of a a daily concern because, you know, even just going one day without water is, is pretty difficult. Uh, and, you know, when you start to, when you get down to it, water really is the most important thing. You know, you can go much longer without food uh, than you can without water. So... I think uh, we really wanted to highlight that concern that um, access to clean water is, is is really a primary concern yeah. for just staying alive and we staying can, healthy. Yeah, exactly. You can also hear it when he's drinking the water at that time. Yeah. He's all excited. and Oh, my God, I need to drink this water. Yeah. And the sound. How do you guys record that sound again? So when he goes inside the house, that's basically there is very little supplementary foley. And it's mostly Mike... Uh, at his dad's house. Oh my god! And uh, nice. he's just hunting through cabinets. You know, he set his mic up somewhere, and he just mm -hmm. like rummaged through cabinets, and and he grabbed a bottle of water, and he actually drank it. So you can actually hear the water going down. You know, oh my god! And going down through his chest when he's talking later, because he actually did chug a bottle of water. Uh. You know, yeah. I wouldn't say Mike is a method actor, but he went he went all the way for this, which is nice. And he's a well done job for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, yeah. Let's continue. When the sun rises from the horizon, I've made it a habit to always expect that a heat burst will occur. It's the only safe way to travel, when the sun is on the opposite side of the planet. Even mild exposure to sunlight seems to be dangerous. My cracked and blistered skin those days after the first heat burst were all the reminder I needed that the sun was no longer the warm and comforting entity it once was.
Alone in the corner of the basement sat a body slumped over a table. Oh, gross. A large machete driven through its back. Damn. Right through the back. Somebody didn't like you, I guess. It almost felt like sacrilege, messing with the body of a person. But I really needed a decent knife. Okay. Sorry, 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 sorry. I really need this. Thank you. Rest in peace. So in this part, um, the music gave a sudden horror scene to us. Mm. The sudden boom when... Uh, Philip see the the dead body mm-hmm. with a machete in the, stabbed in his back. That that that's the first horror I think uh, scene that we ha- we 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 can visualize. Uh, and the first time that he Philip see the dead body, he doesn't react. Oh my god, he as if like he's seen many dead person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's become something that's um, uh, normal on his trips. I mean. You know, he doesn't explicitly say it, but you can tell from his reaction that he's seen a lot of death in his uh, in his time on in the road, time, yeah. for sure. Um, this was actually something that uh, was a contribution from Ben. Mm. Uh, it wasn't actually in the original script, uh, but he kind of thought, you know, we need something here a little bit uh, to kind of uh, heighten the the pacing a little bit. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, we thought, well, what if he finds a body or something? And uh, it's, that's where that kind of came from. That is like, yeah, that, that's kind of a good pace because you can see sudden flow of the journey and then suddenly it dead. That that gives a, a little bit of bump mm-hmm. towards the journey. And I agree. And it's it's it, it kind of give you a cu- cu- curiosity of is Philip in danger at the moment? Mm-hmm. Will he be attacked suddenly? Someone will attack him or something? Mm-hmm. So this kind of questions come up with that. That's a great idea. This place is so disgusting. Mm-mm. Beggars can't be choosers. Felt like that first night in the cellar. All over again. Another night gone and I'm still here. Alone. Mom. Sam. I will find you someday. This is the part where we have a kind of reference to his background. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that a bit. Um, yeah, so this is, I guess this is really the first time you really get the sense just how lonely he's feeling and um, how depressed he he's kind of growing. Um, I, I think like in, in his uh, alone time, he suddenly, it's kind of like a nonstop thought in his mind where he's now suddenly there's nothing happening and he's laying down 
he ta- he thinks about his family mm-hmm. and it it definitely shows a depressed person in this situation yeah which obviously everyone would be depressed in this situation but the idea that you would think about your family non-stop mm-hmm. is mean that it gives a characteristic to to the character to philip it defines him as a i think from uh, obviously this is the uh, listener's opinion but like i think that it shows that how philip is a family person mm. uh, he's uh, dependent to his family and now that he lost them the depression defines him in this lonely times i think mm-hmm. and he also mentions um that it felt like the first night in the cellar um that's something that we will uh encounter in a flashback he's referencing basically the first day everything happened and how he wound up separated from everybody um so yeah we'll we'll be able to explore that uh later on start of apocalypse yeah yeah, yeah. that makes sense this was the last thing i had to think about before i closed my eyes my isolated existence was always on my mind gnawing away little bits of me as each day went by when sleep finally took me i would drift away into my own world my real world where this was just the nightmare and we're still together my dreams are the only thing that keep me going in this new world the good dreams that is some nights i see the burned bodies of those who died in the fires those murdered for a bottle of water the sunken faces of those who took their own lives i hear them crying out and i wake up screaming even the good dreams frighten me they are rare and sweet and my soul craves them like a moth to flame and i worry they'll one day burn me up routine was a distraction from the void growing inside of me i wondered if i would be able to feel anything ever again in this part i think that It, we we you guys give a lot of humanized characteristic to philip yeah we really get a sense of just exactly what he's experienced and and seen um he talks a lot about his nightmares um i mean i mean i think which anyone would have in his in his um circumstance um seeing so much death and destruction and uh just complete and total breakdown of the world around you a fear of death for mm-hmm. sure yeah that's one thing that uh, it it lighted it's uh, spot, the spotlight of this part is the death his fear of burning uh it's it 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 says a lot from a person who is young but what 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 kind of what is the age you guys think that uh, philip is at the moment in we, the story i think we conceived philip that he would be 16 or 17 16 or 17 as a teenager yeah that is a, that is a really a tough world to be at mm-hmm. and to think like that it's because as a teenager uh, teenagers need to be depend they're dependent on their family mm-hmm. and when 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 a teenager think of death like that i think that says a lot of how a person is grown up mm-hmm. in that age 
Yeah. And not only does he fear, um, you know, physical death, but he also, um, he talks about, um, you know, retreating so much into his own mind that he kind of um, loses sense of his goal or his, you know, sense of self because he's he's just trying to protect what's left of his sanity. Yes. Um, and I think he, he worries a little bit that he might just completely shut down. But, um, yeah, it's something that uh, he, as a character, continues to struggle with for sure later in the season i think that when it comes to sanity all of us we all we we humans we are always try to keep it in in its place because um it's easy to for us to change to become crazy or become depressed or become something sad and uh, the i think for for humans uh life is so complex that we don't know what happens in our in with our next minute that we might lose something that we hold really um, dear to us yeah know? and i mean it's really our social support systems that that keep us healthy mentally and that um, is true. that's something he um totally lacks is is just um connection with other things connection that yeah. is completely true yeah and talking about connection, let's continue. Okay. Uh, no spoilers, but <laughs> I like this part. What was that? Was that a fox or something? locked two pieces of a puzzle a large gray wolf had been searching through the cupboards for food his piercing yellow eyes glowed in the small light of the evening and I stood tall with my machete in hand not moving hoping that he would eventually get discouraged and leave I waited for signs of aggression. The curling of the lips, the prickling of the fur. But it never came. Strangely, I didn't sense any hostility in him. Only curiosity. Most of the animals I'd come across had been vicious and feral. Even domestic ones. But this wolf seemed timid as if he was from the world before, and was just as lost and confused as I was. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. I won't hurt you. I relaxed slightly. Reaching into my pocket, I pulled out some leftover granola I'd stuffed in there the day before. I lowered myself down, 
still keeping myself at a higher level to avoid an accidental challenge. The wolf sniffed the air, wary of my extended hand. Hey, look. carefully placing one paw in front of the other, ready to dash off the moment something went wrong. He was nearly an inch away, and I was careful to keep still and relaxed. It was then that I noticed a bottle of water rolling very close to the edge of the cupboard. The wolf immediately sensed my tension. tell you this is my favorite interaction okay of phillips in the episode for mm -hmm. sure because uh wolves i assume it's a wolf right yeah. it, wolves are majestic animals mm -hmm. for sure and it's rarely you see a, a, not in a hostile wolf interaction with humans usually mm -hmm. when people think of a wolf they think of uh, predators yeah. already hunters looking for food but i don't I, and i feel like that this interaction was so defined from from the music the music helped a lot in in the mood the, the the idea of how two innocent creatures i assume mm -hmm. that that the wolf is super young and super innocent and it's not even looking for any kind of uh, challenge and and philip is relaxed and trying to connect with them it's re it's one of my favorite for sure mm -hmm. and this was a, a bit inspired by this uh this story about uh this wolf named romeo mm. who was a wild black wolf and i think this i think it was a town in alaska or something um this wolf uh, began playing with people's dogs because there was a walking path and this wolf lived in the woods nearby and um this wolf kept showing up and, and playing with people's dogs. And uh, he kind of became a regular uh, for like 10 years in this town. And uh, they named him Romeo and people would bring their dogs out and Romeo would show up and they would all play and have fun. Uh. And, um, and unfortunately, it came to a sad end when he was shot by a hunter, <sighs> but they made a plaque to him. And uh, so that, that story was really influential to me to show, you know, that, even though these um, these animals are living in the wild, they're just they have they have this um, intelligence about them, and uh, you know you I I feel like wolves are seen a bit as like wise creatures. They are. You know they they're not they're not dumb predators. They're they're in very no social yeah. creatures. They um, they usually live in packs. Um, I don't know what the story with Romeo was, but he must have been on his own. Uh, so like he was it. looking for some kind of, you know, um, animal interaction, and it just happened to be other people's dogs. I believe in North uh, mythology also, you're right. That Norse, Norse. Norse, yeah. Uh, that wolves are uh, the meaningful of, uh, I think, wiseness. Yeah, mm. I think it means wise. Yeah. Yeah. 
the the music really also was specific mm. if i'm not mistaken the music suddenly when when the part when it says phillips locked his eyes to the wolf the music that 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 moment i imagined i you know how when when you see uh in the video games where the cat two characters they need to talk to each other suddenly the world become completely white mm-hmm. and the, as if they're in a void of whiteness and they're like talking to each other yeah that's how i actually uh, visualize this scene mm. and the music helped a lot you know like that that kind of music that's as if, as if like it's a complete zen void of nothingness and there are two important characters that need to interact with each other yeah absolutely just yeah. nothing else matters yeah. just this you know this uh, sudden meeting and um you know i if you listen really carefully, obviously you can tell there's something walking on the floor above. You can hear the ticking of the claws. Yeah. But I think, you know, a lot of people were um, were like, oh, what's going to show up? And then all of a sudden it kind of, it builds to this moment and then everything kind of melts away. Yeah. And it's like, and it's just these two characters staring at each other, kind of bewildered that they're finding each other here. That's true. Yeah. I smiled. Something I hadn't done in a long time. That moment when our eyes met would be forever burned into my mind. It was the first time in what felt like an eternity since I had any meaningful contact with anything. And I was grateful for it. We were two beings completely vulnerable. And in that moment, I saw into his soul. And he peered into mine. The fire of life was still in his eyes. And I suddenly felt my own. Although small, it was still burning. The desire to see another day, no matter how awful things are. Are you following me? Until we meet again. I hoped that he'd been following me. The thought of his watchful yellow gaze comforted me. It made me feel less alone. Okay. Ten days worth of water. That's decent. Better hit the road. Oh, shit! I really needed a better backpack. The encounter with the wolf left me both thrilled and concerned. Looking over to the door, I realized that I must have left it slightly ajar. Enough for a hungry animal to come wandering in. This was the kind of negligence that could end my journey well before I meant for it to end. Still, I couldn't help but feel safe in the wolf's presence. Clearly, he was surviving somehow. And if a carnivore had survived the heat bursts, it's likely he had a food source somewhere nearby. Truth be told, I had enough food to last me a while. But I really wanted to see the wolf again.
in this part we we hear a lot of uh, survival um, plans and sur- and counting for how much water will he have mm-hmm. in the future and his pack pack and everything. Uh, I think this is the part where you, you you guys focus a lot to bring back the how important his surviving uh, plans were, in, like really necessarily for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean it's um, it's something I think. You know, even people who go on really long hikes or um, or mountain climbing, uh, you have to plan, you know, how much resources to take, how much water you're going to go through, how much food you're going to go through in a day. Um, so he's really, you know, he's thinking practically, you know, like how much how much water can I afford to carry without tiring myself? Um, exactly. You know, it's I think it's a bit of a balancing act. You know, it's like there's 20 bottles of water here. I want to take them all. But. I just I can't carry that much so I have to you know I have to come to a compromise and I think um that's that kind of describes his situation perfectly it's deciding uh what he can and can't do that is true most in in mo- most of the surviving video games I played mm-hmm. recently they have that uh, capacity of how much you can carry so that is true the concept of how much you can carry with yourself and how much you need to Uh, take with yourself Mm -hmm. Uh, and when it comes to that situation you have to think a lot about it to be sure Mm -hmm. usually Um, Mike is a singer isn't he? Yes he's a singer at that end the the last uh, part of uh, the episode when he starts kind of like mumbling and singing that song uh, it kind of complements the music at the same time yeah you know there's a funny story about that he that also was not in the original script. This mm. is something he, you know, made up when Improvised. he was recording. And um, I had made the music uh, to the scene, and I laid the audio over it, and I was like, oh, the piano, like, fits exactly. Like, I was I was already playing it in yeah. the right key, and everything just kind of fit perfectly. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep this. I thought it was, like, matched before you, like, you guys both agreed on, to no. on the beats and everything. No, no, literally, he just, uh, he improvised that, and I already had the music made, and... And I was like, oh, this this kind of like is scarily perfect. <laughs> yeah. And we matched perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Again, the cycle would start. I pack my things, take as much food and water as I can carry, and start walking. Never knowing where my next place to sleep might be or where my next meal might come from. The burden of being a constant traveler. Again, the gravel turns to dirt and then to pavement. But something was different. Somehow, the cycle was less numbing. The encounter with the wolf was at the front of my mind. His shining yellow eyes ever watching me as I journeyed into the unknown. He would always be there with me, even if I couldn't always see him. I had barely felt it before, but now I could feel it deep within my chest the fire. I wanted to live. This broken world didn't mold the wolf into a vicious beast. And it wouldn't change me either. I wouldn't become an empty shell of who I once was. Had I not met the wolf that day, I wouldn't have made it to where I am today. 
but that's a story for another time. This was the beginning of my renewal. A small piece of me had returned. You know, Jeremy, a lot of people, like, a lot of people tell me, Shabby, uh, Shab, you need to sometimes express less of yourself. Mm. Uh, but I can't. <laughs> This is beautiful piece, music-wise, story-wise. This has been one of, I think, I'm not going to even t tell you top five. It's the only podcast I've heard that is so beautiful music-wise and voice-wise and dialogue-wise. Because even Michael's, Mike's voice is so relaxing and, mm -hmm. and it's so, it's just beautiful. I have to express it. This is one of my, one of the amazing episodes I have heard. Um, I did want to talk about one thing. I forgot. Go ahead. I can say something about yeah. the music. Um, yeah, this music, uh, I think, is my favorite bit from the episode. Um, and it it really just kind of grew out of this uh, little uh, cycle theme that we had from the beginning of the episode when he's walking on the gravel. And, um, you know, here we kind of see it elaborated and, and you know, things start to have meaning again. The music is more developed. Um, you can actually, you know, get a sense of, Uh, you know, whether it's kind of an uplifting tune or, you know, because it's now, uh, you have chords underneath now. It's not just the simple lone melody. There's kind of meaning to things. And um, I hope you agree with me. It kind of well, uplifting, yes, but looking forward. Yeah. The music gives a lot of looking forward for exactly. the next adventure. Yeah. yeah. I think that's how I, that's what I get from. Yeah. His encounter with the wolf is kind of, um, inspired him yeah exactly it kind of inspired him to keep going you know even you know he says even if i never see this wolf again i'll always you know he'll he'll always think about um that moment and you know m maybe even just dream of the wolf being his spiritual guardian i think that's really the the crux of it he did say mentioned philip said that uh his interaction with that the wolf or his image was burned into his eyes mm -hmm. so that i think i think it would be one of his uh, personality um, as like aspects towards mm -hmm. the story uh it's beautiful <laughs> Philip's Apocalypse, in association with Michael Johnston Media, is a past Bedtime Studio original production. For more information, visit pastbedtimestudio.com.
some people would say the music at the end uh, is a different uh, different uh, genre in, in a way mm-hmm. it is kind of a, like a, how can I say retro in a way yeah like it like a futuristic retro in a way yeah and suspense idea yeah and that's that that was the tagline wasn't it yeah so the well the the end music I wanted to be quite a bit different in character than the opening uh, because the story you know even though uh, in this first episode we don't really get the sense the sci-fi sense of it mm-hmm. um, uh, the way we originally conceived the whole first season is very much in um post-apocalyptic sci-fi direction so i kind of wanted this end music to have a bit more of that feel to kind of encapsulate the difference that's right yeah so it's something we will um learn more about as the the season goes on but it's yeah it's really just about um and i think the track title is something like uh yeah so the track title is even uh it's called future dreams Mm. um yeah so it's uh i really wanted to do something a little bit in homage to Stranger Things, a little bit, oh, yes. yeah, without copying them. I mean, you know, you put any kind of synth rolling arpeggios, and you're you're automatically going to think Stranger Things. So I'm like, That's okay, true. well, I have to figure out a way to make this stand out a little bit, but I still want that kind of vein of retroness, retroness, Retro, yeah. yeah. I th- I don't think ever we can uh, copy anything from any art. I think usually uh, every art is inspired by some other arts. Usually, yeah, so. of course, yeah. Um, and the last tagline. Mm-hmm. That obviously. was our yeah. That was our original signature move. Yeah, that was our original tag. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we made the first one more substantial with the horseback riding and yeah. everything like that. So I think about it. You know where that this meme says, "More you know, the rainbow goes around," and they say, "The more you know." <laughs> I actually think that's Bedtime to that's Bedtime Studio. Yeah, yeah. I actually think of that. All right, so. Now that we are done, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I just want to go over a couple of questions that some of our fans asked us mm-hmm. uh, just to uh, give an homage to our amazing fans. Uh, a person asked, will we will we see more of the, the wolf in the future episodes? Mm. Well, I mean, if you've um, if you've been to the website, um, the main page is uh, sort of a giant movie poster of the season and the wolf is very prominent. So I think you can definitely expect uh, that there it'll play a significant role. I hope to. I really enjoy the the animal co- companionship mm-hmm. usually with a, any kind of character. Yeah, and it's not only um it's not only an interesting bond. It's it also serves a very um functional purpose of being being just another character in this world that Philip can talk to and you know bounce dialogue off of. Um, so it's it's functional in a way too. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we got another a tweet a tweet from uh, Madeline Grace uh, saying the first episode of Philip's Apocalypse is incredible. It was beautiful written and I was totally captivated. I even burned my dinner, but that's okay. I can't wait for more. <laughs> Thank you, Madeline. Uh, hopefully, we get more episodes. And I personally, I hope uh, I know that uh, Michael came to Winnipeg a couple t- uh, couple months ago mm-hmm. but i really hope uh, i was not in winnipeg at that time so hopefully next time when he comes around i definitely would like to have an uh, a, 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 an episode with him yeah, for sure absolutely. to talk about his also perspective yeah and what he's looking forward in this story mm-hmm. um i believe that's it thank you guys for listening thank you jeremy for your time and uh, all the the insights of 
the Philips and the work behind the scenes. Um, so hopefully we're waiting for the other episodes. Hopefully, yes, we are taking our 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 time because we want it to to be as good as we can possibly do. Definitely, but uh, it's going to be worth waiting for. Absolutely. Definitely. Okay, thank you guys, and have a great day.